Welcome back to the Early Retirement Podcast. I am your host, Ari Taublieb, and today we are going to be talking about tax gain harvesting and Roth conversions and how do you prioritize them. Now, if none of those words sounded like English, that is perfectly okay, and I promise I'll go over that with you today, both as an introduction to what they are and as well as a little bit more expertise or maybe nuance when it comes to an early retirement and how you can implement them. Now, it is important to me that retirement is not just overwhelming, but it is truly fun, which I'm going to imagine retirement sounds fun, but maybe preparing for retirement doesn't sound as fun. I don't want that to be the case. I want it to be fun in the sense of, hey, we're not just talking about numbers here. We're talking about your life and how do we make sure that we are optimizing what it is you work so hard for. So I'm very big, and I know some of my clients listen to these podcasts as well. I'm very big on the idea of, hey, you're not meeting with your boring financial girl or guy or that you are meeting with your financial advisor whose job is is to talk about you at the end of the day. It's my job to shut up and learn more about what it is you care about most and how we can use your money to do just that. So that's what, of course, I help clients do on a one-on-one basis, but want to share these episodes, these tips, these strategies on how you can implement really all of this to create your dream retirement. So the last thing I want is for you to be unnecessarily working when you could be spending more time on what's most important to you. A few resources and highlights, and I promise we're going to get right into the episode, which is I do have an ebook out. It's a complete guide to an early retirement. Feel free to check that out. If you're just looking for more guidance on how to think about the framework of an early retirement, I have a tax guide in there as well for 2023. Just want to provide you guys the most amount of value as possible. So thank you for those that keep submitting questions for the show, and I want you to keep doing it. So thank you for doing that because it is so fun to just see what you guys think of certain episodes, what resonates, what I think is going to resonate might not be the same as that, what actually resonates. So I'm getting that from you guys and I couldn't do it without you. Thank you for continuing to rate and review the show to help more people retire early, which if you've been listening to this show for a while, you know, it's not an early retirement that I'm in love with. What I'm in love with is allowing you to have your money dictate a better life. And if that means retiring earlier and working less, if it means part-time income, if it means switching to a job that allows you to preserve your health so you have more time to focus on what's most important to you, then that's what I'm all about. So want you to know what I'm gonna be going through today It's specifics on tax strategy. And if you geek out, nerd out over this stuff, well, you are going to love this episode. And even if you don't, I think you're still going to resonate with it. And my my goal is not that 100% of it resonates. Okay, the truth is that is my goal. But if 60 or 70% of it resonates and you need to listen again, or you know what, maybe it's just take some time away and, and... you know, listen to other people's podcasts and come back and go, oh, it's connecting now. So there are so many amazing resources out there. I want you to get excited about tax strategy because I get excited about it. So I hope the energy is coming through this microphone for you guys right now because this is special stuff. And it's special because by being smart, this is what it comes down to, why I love it. By being smart with numbers, you have a better life. Like, why would we not take advantage of using numbers to just live a better life. It's just crazy to me. So I I love this, if you can't tell. Let's hop right into the episode, Tax Gain Harvesting versus Roth Conversions. Well, we gotta start with what they are, and some of you might already know this, but always wanna just break this down. That way we can really get into the fun of it. So Tax Gain Harvesting, what it is, is the opposite of tax loss harvesting. Tax loss harvesting, you probably know about, maybe you've even implemented it, maybe you haven't implemented it to your knowledge, but you've actually done it. It's the whole process of, hey, if we've lost money, can we actually realize losses to write those off 
against our taxes? You absolutely can. So when the market's gone down, let's assume you have positions and it's gone down and, and you have $10,000 of losses. Well, you can actually harvest those losses. Now, the government's not going to say, okay, John, for example, you can write those all off in one year and get a $10,000 call it deduction, you can't write all of that off, but you can write off $3,000 against your ordinary income, so that's great. Now, what happens to the other $7,000, Ari? Well, $3,000 goes to the next year, and the next year, and then now we're in year four, we don't get to write off $3,000 because we only have $1,000 left. So these are what we call tax loss harvesting losses, and these carry over. Certain things don't carry over. For example, let's assume you're a business owner. You might have heard of NOLs. These are net operating losses. These don't carry over. So if you have a big loss in your business that year and it's a $100,000 loss, you don't get to write that off against future years. You can write it off in that year, but not future years. Now, that's only if you're self-employed, but want you to know that as you're thinking through this, as you're thinking about taxes, there's the answer I'm going to give you today of Roth conversions and harvesting and what should I do and Tell me, Ari, for my custom approach, what matters most and how do we make the most of my financial situation? That's why you're listening. That's what I'm going to tell you. But I want you to know there's a million considerations when it comes to financial planning. And so I encourage you, if you're wondering, hey, can I get specific guidance? Please check it out in the description below. I love going through this process with people. Um, and if not me, a member of my team, we would be more than happy to go through this process with you. Want everyone to get that custom guidance. So back to the episode, tax gain harvesting. We just learned tax loss harvesting. Okay, so we can write off losses. What on earth is tax gain harvesting? That sounds like a really weird thing I've just never even heard of. Why would I want to gain harvest? What does that mean? Well, tax gain harvesting is an idea that when you read an article, and maybe you've read a few of these articles, and it says, how did the ultra-wealthy pay 0% taxes? This is what they're talking about, people. Tax gain harvesting is when you say, you know what, I'm going to look at my tax bracket, I'm going to look at my income, and I'm going to determine if there's any taxes that I can pay 0% at, right? So we're going to look at an example, because you know I'm the example guy, but maybe I should trademark that. But the, the examples that we're going to go through today, here's what I mean by that, is when we look at your income, what you can do this year, if you haven't already, by the way, in the description, download the 2023 tax guide. You can see exactly what I'm looking at right here. It's also in the ebook. So if you're like, hey, there's a tax guide and there's an ebook, what do I get? Get the ebook. There's more information. The tax guide's at the end of it. But let's go to the, the tax guide now, and I'm looking at this on my end. Well, if you can scroll down on your tax guide, and by the way, I'm going to explain it. So if you don't have it out, it's perfectly fine. Some of you are driving. I don't want you to take it out and crash. Do not blame the early retirement podcast show for your car crash. Do not get in a car crash, please. Um, now, some of this, some people are working out to this. I got two people um, in the last month who said, Ari, I love listening to the podcast while working out. Kudos to you. If you're right now like doing a burpee while listening to this, you deserve a whole lot more credit and maybe you deserve in fact, not maybe, you deserve preferential tax treatment. Um, you get qualified dividends for all of your income. Now, that's a very financial joke. And my partner, if she heard that, she would be saying, Ari, you're the biggest nerd in the world. But um, for any of you that are just really into the weeds, um, maybe you got a slight chuckle there. But regardless, let's keep, stay on track here. So the, the tax brackets that we look at is if you marry filing jointly, you can pay 0% in taxes. You can realize long-term capital gains and pay 0% in taxes up to $89,250. So let's take a basic example. Let's assume that you make $100,000 and you go, all right, okay, I make $100,000, but my spouse, she actually doesn't work right now. So $100,000, that's our income. So 
Ari, I make $100,000. We, as a couple, make $100,000. And this bracket you're talking about, that's less than 100. That's 89250 So what does this mean for me? Well, it means that you cannot say, you know what, realize these gains. You would not want to do tax gain harvesting because you're going to pay taxes at 15%. The tax brackets for long-term capital gains are different than ordinary income, and they make it so unnecessarily confusing. So with taxes, we want to really simplify it for you. When you make money, we have a marginal bracket system. So you make money, the first 10%, whether you are you or whether you're me or whether you're Warren Buffett, whoever, Bill Gates, we're all paying the same amount on 10%. We're paying the same amount on 12% and 22%, and it keeps going up and up. But now let's assume that you retire early and you don't have any income and you have 0%. Well, you could look at that and go, wow, I'm really loving this 0% taxes. You know what? I don't have any income, but I'm, I've paid so much in taxes throughout my life and now I've got 0%. I'm loving this. Or... You could go, you know, I heard Ari's episode on tax gain harvesting, and he said I could realize gains up to $89,250, assuming I have no other income, and pay 0% in taxes. So an example for that is let's assume you have Apple stock, and you bought it for $100,000, and it's gone up, and now it's worth $200,000. Well, you have a $100,000 gain there on Apple. So now let's assume you held that less than a year. You're going, Ari, can I do these strategies you're talking about? No. The reason the answer is no is because you held it for less than a year. It's a short-term capital gain, so that goes right to the ordinary brackets. It's just as if you made more money, just normally going and working. But long-term capital gains, if you wait one year, you can now go out and realize gains at 0% up to $89,250. Back to the Apple example, you've got $100,000. You've made a $100,000 gain, so you've made a $100,000 gain. Hopefully you're following so far. Now what we're going to do from here is we're going to go, okay, $100,000, that's great. How much do I want to live on? Well, I'm going to say that you want to live on $89,250. Not saying that's exactly what you're going to live on. Not saying that you have to live on that. Let's just use that for this example. You want to live on $89,250. Well, what's the most efficient way to get those dollars? I would argue the most efficient way to get those dollars, if you're retired, is to intentionally realize $89,250 of gains from the Apple position that went up $100,000. So you, once again, you put $100,000 in, you're telling the government, hey government, I know I, I had a great gain on this, $100,000. I'm not going to take the full hundred, but I'm going to take $89,250 and I'm going to realize gains and I don't owe you a dime in taxes. Now that's pretty cool. So you're paying 0% in taxes on that. Now let's assume you did the full 100000 Well, now we're, we're call it slipping into or falling into the next tax bracket, which is 15%. So maybe you say, you know what, I, I'm okay with that, I'm paying a little bit at 15%, the most of it's at 0%, you might really like that, in which case, kudos to you. I mean, that's a really, really strong position. Now, what I don't want you to do is look at this and go, you know what, this tax strategy is going to drive my decisions in terms of my life in, in the sense of I'm going to keep working just for tax purposes reason, or I'm going to stop working. Here's a better example for you. I'm going to stop working just to implement tax gain harvesting. It's no, don't let the tax piece drive your decision. It certainly plays a big role here, but at the end of the day, you're going to make more money if you just make more money. These strategies are great on saving taxes, but 
once again, the tax tail can sometimes wail the life dog. We don't want that to be happening. Now, if you say, you know, Ari, I do no longer love what I'm doing. I want to make sure I'm being efficient with my lifestyle. And I just, this tax gain harvesting sounds attractive. I want to pay 0% taxes. Then great. I want you to certainly look at this because this is powerful. So now you've just realized $89,250. And by the way, that whole basic example I just shared that's without the standard deduction. So the reality is it's more than 89250 because 89250 that's what we can realize at 0% taxes. But if you're married filing jointly, there's also a standard deduction, and that's 27700 So if we really add that up, what's our taxable income? How much can we really get 0% taxes? We're looking at $116,000, which is pretty amazing and something not many people talk about, especially not on early retirement podcasts or retirement podcasts in general. And the reason for that, in my opinion, is it's not sexy. Talking about taxes is not sexy. Investing is sexy and talking about how much we're going to get and what rate of return and what's the Fed doing. And hey, that's great stuff, but a lot of that's out of our control. Now we need to be aware of it. It certainly is important, but I want to look at what's in our control. And this is one of those things that's in our control. And if you didn't listen to this podcast and you retired early and just pulled income from wherever, the reality is that you might pull income and you're paying unnecessarily 15, 20% taxes on that. And that's $20,000 potentially that is just unnecessary. So I want you to save on that. Now you're thinking about, okay, tax gain harvesting, are you just explain that? But I heard you talk about Roth conversions. It sounds like you're in love with them. Um, I do really like them. I'm not in love with them, even though I did get one person to say, Ari, I think you're in love with Roth conversions, which I actually took as a compliment. But the reality is Roth conversions are amazing. And here's why. Let's assume you've contributed to your IRA or 401k for many, 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 many years, okay? And now you've got a very healthy balance. Let's assume you've got, I don't know, $2 million in there. And you're wondering, what do I need to do to put myself in the best position tax strategy-wise? Well, what you could do when your income is very low is you can move money from your IRA or your 401k into a Roth IRA. Now, what you're doing is you're intentionally paying taxes at historically low brackets because your income is very low. Maybe maybe you're still working, but maybe it's a very low bracket, or maybe you stop working halfway through the year. So you're projected to have, you know, projected to be in the brackets of 10% or 12% or 22%. Well, would you rather pay tax at 22% or would you rather pay tax at 30 I'm going to imagine you're going to say, I want to pay taxes at 22%, Ari. That's less. Well, you'd be correct here. So Roth conversions, it's a very, very fancy way of explaining the following. And here's how I want you to think about Roth conversions from now on. I want you to hear Roth conversions, and I want you to think cauliflower. Okay, that was not, you didn't mishear me right there. I want you to think cauliflower. Okay, now I, I don't need to get a ton of messages of Ari, I was you know, thinking about cauliflower is what you're going to replace, but please don't go to bed. I imagine you're not going to start dreaming about cauliflower, um, but some of you might. When it comes to cauliflower, here's why I bring it up. Well, think about pe- eat Roth conversions, excuse me, like eating a little bit of cauliflower today. You're intentionally eating this vegetable, which I think is a tasty one um, when cooked right, of course, and you're gonna intentionally eat that today with the idea being in the future, you don't have to eat a ton of cauliflower even when you're full. 
What I'm talking about are what's called RMDs. Now, these RMDs have been pushed back, so it's given us more of a tax planning window to do more of what I'm talking about right now. It's been pushed back because of the Cure Act 2.0. If you haven't seen my YouTube video on that, check it out. All the changes are up there. But what's happened is RMDs used to be age 72. Now it's 73, 74, going to be 75. And so for you, it means there's more years to implement either a Roth conversion or tax gain harvesting. So now we've got these two things here. We've got these Roth conversions where we could intentionally pay taxes, intentionally eat a little bit of cauliflower today to avoid RMDs in the future because once those RMDs begin, there's no turning them off and they're going to keep growing. So if your $2 million grows and it's growing efficiently and it's doing a really good job, well, let's just assume that $2 million keeps growing and growing and growing. And now all of a sudden, oh, I don't know, let's just assume you've got $3 million. Well, the reality is if you have $3 million, and I'm just doing a calculation on my phone, your RMD is going to start out at about $114,000, which means that's going to keep growing and growing. And so at some point, you're going to be paying $200,000 of income, meaning you're going to be in a very high tax bracket. Now, at a minimum, you're going to be in the 25% tax bracket at that time. So I would rather see you get what's called that tax alpha by taking advantage of lower brackets today, eating little bit of vegetables today, as opposed to being forced to eat vegetables in the future, even when you're full. So hope that cauliflower analogy resonated. Now let's bring them both together. So tax gain harvesting, Roth conversions, which should I do? Now that we know how they both work, what is better? So even though capital gains rates and ordinary income are taxed on different schedules like before, remember capital gains is 0%, 15%, 20%, then we have ordinary income. So two different brackets, money is taxed differently. They both drive up your adjusted gross income and that impacts what brackets your capital gains would be taxed at. So when we look at, hey, what makes most sense? Here's what we need to think about. What's better? Should I tax gain harvest to realize capital gains, not pay any in taxes? Or should I use Roth conversions to prepare for the future because those RMDs, that cauliflower, we don't want that to get hit so hard. I don't want to be forced to eat this stuff, especially if I'm full. And then let's assume you have an allergy to cauliflower. Um, well, now we're in a tough spot. So here are the variables to determine which is better. Number one is how impactful are RMDs going to be? Let's assume you don't have a 401k or a 403b or a 457, which I don't imagine is the case for most of you since 99% of you who reach out to me do have these accounts. But let's pretend that you don't just for a minute to just understand this. Well, then tax gain harvesting is going to be the way to go because you can realize gains at 0% or very low amounts historically, and we're not going to have to worry about RMDs. The more in your 401ks, the more in your 403bs, the more in your 457s, the more you need to be worried in the future about how can we reduce those taxes. Your RMD is a percentage of your pre-tax balance and it stays the same based on your age. The amount is going to vary based on the portfolio growth. 4% of 100,000 versus 4% of a million, very, very different. So if you have a very small RMD that's going to occur in the future, well, Roth conversions could be helpful, but we might want tax gain harvesting instead. On the flip side, well, maybe there's, we know there's going to be massive RMDs in the future. Well, we might actually look at that and go, hey, in fact, I think Roth conversions, even though it's it's not allowing us to generate 0% taxes partially today, Roth conversions are going to be way, way more impactful because there's not a limit. You can you can do an unlimited amount of Roth conversions in any given year. Now, I don't recommend doing you know as much as possible because that's going to defeat the purpose and we're going to pay more in tax than we need to, but that's how to think about Roth conversions. 
capital gains rates, I must say, they're more attractive than ordinary income. So capital gains will win if you're just looking at this and you're going, hey, with $1, what makes most sense? You're never going to choose, I would rather my dollars be taxed at ordinary income rates over capital gains rates. So to me, this favors the decision of prioritizing really Roth conversions because it's going to minimize your RMDs, which are taxed at ordinary rates, whereas capital gains are less of a burden, um, less of a tax burden that you're going to have to face. The third variable here that I just want to make sure I bring up is flexibility. You can tax gain harvest at any time, even past age 72, really whenever you want, and there's no limit. This is important because Roth conversions are about maximizing the extent you do these RMDs before age 72. In most cases, now it's been pushed back. But you want to do these Roth conversions before RMDs kick in because you don't have a whole lot of control. Your income floor may be as high as it ever will be because of Social Security, because of RMDs. So that that's just important to harp home on. And then lastly, um, any capital gains that you don't realize, that passes to heirs tax-free. There's what's called a step-up in basis. So $2 million gets gets passed. That gets stepped up to your heirs. Um, we do tax gain harvesting because it steps up the basis. It doesn't cost you any money to do so. IRAs that pass required distributions, th- those required minimum distributions upon passing, those come to your heirs. So they're going to be taxed on those dollars, and we don't want them to be taxed any more than they need to because you worked hard for this money. So that is an overview of Roth conversions, tax gain harvesting, when to think about it. I hope that resonated. I love doing these podcast episodes. If you can't tell, I'm going to keep doing them hopefully forever um, unless I run out of topics, which I think is impossible because I'll just find new twists on the same types of podcasts. If there's a specific question that you have for me, please, please let me know. I love answering them. So submit those to me and I will certainly answer them. I respond to everyone, even if I say, hey, I don't think that's a great topic for the episode. I'll give you individual, um, not a recommendation, but hey, here, I'm going to point you in the right direction at a very minimum. And then lastly, once again, this is what I do. I love helping people create their custom strategy to retire early. If you have any specific questions for me, you can always shoot me an email or you can submit a question on my website, earlyretirementpodcast.com. That is it for today's episode, and I'll see you all next week. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Early Retirement Show. If you have a question that you want answered in a future episode, you can always go to my website, earlyretirementpodcast.com. That's earlyretirementpodcast.com. And you can go ahead and submit a question that I'll look to answer in a future episode. Thank you all for listening. Please do rate it, review it, and share it with someone who you think would benefit from this information if there's anyone out there that you know. I certainly appreciate it, and I will see you all each week. Hey, guys, it's me again. Please be smart about this. Nothing in this podcast should be construed as financial tax or legal advice. Consult with your tax preparer or financial advisor before taking any action. This podcast is for informational purposes only.